And now, Ravage Love. I got nipples on my titties because the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs that'll make a dead man come. Oh, daddy. Baby, won't you shave him dry? It's episode 23, or 28, season 3 of Ravage Love in October. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. It's October. It's our October. It's a full month of sexy, spooky stories, and Mm -hmm. it's my fave, and I can't wait to talk about what I read this week, but I believe... You have some stories you'd like to tell us before we launch into our books this week. I really do. And before I start, I do really desperately want to appreciate, just respect and appreciate, Julie, that you didn't talk about this all week. Um, And I love you for that. So we figured out who the Zodiac Killer is. (gasps) That's right. It's Senator Ted Cruz. No, it's not. Um, (laughs) No. So um, this group called the Case Breakers, who are a 40 plus person volunteer team of former law enforcement, um, legal people, investigative journalists, they get together. They're like this big team and they try to solve cases that have kind of been dead in the water for a while. And um, they're working on a few different things. But this week they released a press release that said, basically, we figured out who the Zodiac killer is now. The FBI are not real, real happy about this. They're like, it's an open case, blah, blah, blah. But if you listen to everything, it's, you know, it's pretty good. And I would trust people on this team because they've got former FBI agents, former law enforcement, people who have been doing investigation for decades on this team. Like they're not an amateur team. And frankly, um, you know, we didn't believe in aliens. And then that guy from Blink-182 was like, ha fuck you. They're real. And now the octagon pays him. So I'm going to go with the case breakers here. Now they did a bunch of research and they did follow up and stakeouts and talk to witnesses and stuff. And, um, they've narrowed it down to a guy called Gary Francis post. Of course. Zodiac killer's name is Gary. (laughs) Um, and um, I could go into all the details if y'all want to, if y'all want to hear it, like hit me up and I will send you my notes that I made for this show, but I could go on forever. Um, what I do want to say though, is that, um, actually last year in 2020, some citizen sleuths actually cracked the Zodiac cipher before, um, these guys even had anything to do with it. Um, and if you don't know, for those of you unfamiliar with the Zodiac killer, um, his name is Ted Cruz. No, um, <laughs> he terrorized San Francisco area in 1968 to 1969. I mean, he's linked to five murders, but in his letters claims to have killed up to 37 people. Um, and typically he would prey on couples who were kind of on like, at like make out point. Um, and he would either shoot or stab them. One person was almost decapitated. Um, and he would kill both people in the couple. Um, Now, the people at Case Breakers say that they were able, through their research, to confirm seven murder victims, but there's six other who were suspected. And in their investigation, they interviewed um, a little girl. Oh, she's a woman now, but a girl who was, like, babysat by the posts when she was little and, like, how he used to, like, take her in the woods and teach her how to shoot and hide out in the forest and stuff. And then these other two guys came forward who, I guess, like, were kind of mentored by Gary and, like he kind of was teaching them how to like have fun killing people and animals. It's a whole thing. Um, he died. Yeah. He died in 2018. Yeah. But he, he died after he had been put into soft custody. So essentially what happened was in, I guess, 2016, he was taken into custody by the cops for viciously beating up his elderly wife. Um, and he was able to convince a judge that he actually wasn't violent. He was just mentally ill. So they put him in a home, And at 80 years old in 2018, he died. So. Damn. Yeah. Too good for him. Um, Even just on the basis that he beat up his wife. Um, But um, y'all can check out the memes. If you can actually do like a search and the the memes are so good. Like 
first and foremost, nobody's ever seen Ted Cruz and Gary Post in the same room. Just saying. Um, but also, <laughs> um, one of them is that like you, somebody found that um, Gary had commented either on like a Rotten Tomatoes thing or IMDb about a movie, <laughs> and then his a friend of his had posted these photos on Facebook. He's like, "Here's me and old Gary a few years ago. Damn Zodiac Killer, what? Like <laughs> super casual." <laughs> anyway. It's hilarious. Not that I think the serial murdering people is a funny thing. Um, but if you love true crime and you love just those kind of like advancements that we're having now with modern technology, it's a lot of fun. Like you will all know, probably Julie and I know that Michelle McNamara was instrumental mm-hmm. in catching the Golden State Killer. Um, and he was charged a few weeks ago, officially. So, um, you know, it was really big. And I don't think michelle without her work and the work of other true crime enthusiasts and sleuths like that probably would never have happened totally uh yeah and so um rip michelle mcnamara and oh my god yeah doing all the great work you super sleuths are doing because it's awesome just yielding results yeah it's yielding results well that's a perfect note to start our our october conversation this week because oh <laughs> my book involved dead people as well Ooh. and so did yours i'm assuming because what was our theme this week renee haunted hotties haunted hotties can i tell you about the worst book i've ever read oh my god yes please are you fucking prepared to hear about this story because it was garbage from start to finish so how long was your book extremely short okay so it was two short stories uh in a book called ghosts and sexual contact a pair of ghostly erotic short stories Mm -hmm. by susan hart and she was born in england but she lives in southern california and she lives with her husband and her two cats And this particular book was written in 2015. Now, there's two stories in this book, but I'm only going to focus on the one. And it's called, What Happened with the Mechanic and His Dog? Uh, Okay. Because we don't believe in subtlety. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Renee, are you fucking prepared? I don't know after that title. (laughs) So Amanda Katz is a 36-year-old drug addiction counselor who's speeding home from a conference because she's stoked to see her on-again, off-again, friends with benefits fuckboy Richard. And she's kind of on the fence about him. Like, the sex is good, but they don't really have anything else in common outside the bedroom, and they want different things in life. But, like, you know, sometimes you just got to catch a D, and it's better than being alone. And she's kind of contemplating, like, what am I, what am I doing? And decides to take a shortcut on this back road that local kids say is haunted. But Amanda, she don't need that shit. She don't believe in that. So she's cruising along. And then it's a winding road and it's nighttime and then she gets a flat tire oh. and she pulls over and realizes, I don't have the stuff to fix this tire on my own. I can barely get, like, I can't get the spare out of the trunk, which means I certainly won't be able to take the lug nuts off. So she's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to call for help. Well, her cell phone obviously does not work because she's in the woods. And so she's deciding, okay, fuck, what am I going to do? So she's like, okay, I'm going to walk up to one of the houses and ask them for help. I mean, classic mistake. So she's walking through the woods and all of a sudden she sees a dog and like yelps because it didn't make any noise. It just kind of showed up and then turns around and there's a man standing there who says, you look like you could use some help. And he's a smoke show super jacked wearing like a buffalo check plaid shirt with some work boots and just like ripped to shit and his like tight white t-shirt she calls him a hunk whose name is clive st james okay that is some texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) one hundo so clive st james and his dog and his dog is called a like basenji 
I've never heard of this before. I guess it's like a breed of dog, perhaps? I'm not sure. Anyways, they don't bark. So that's why she didn't hear the dog coming. She's like, oh, but the dog's name, the dog's name is Sonic Bingo. <laughs> I love it. Clark St. James and Sonic Bingo decide to come down to her car and help her change her tire. And Amanda's just like instantly getting panty soup. Like this guy's hot. He's helpful. He's like, she's just like feeling it, feeling the juices flowing. And then she, um, he gives her his business card and it says that he's actually a mechanic. And so she's like, wow, I really truly found the perfect person for this moment. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like anytime. And then she's like kind of shivering because they're outside. And he's like, oh, do you want to come upstairs? You know, I can give you some coffee before you head back on the road. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, why don't we just drive? Like, we'll just drive up the hill. She's like, okay. So they get in the car and then she's like, fuck it. We're in a bang. So then they start making out in the car and she realizes that she's hasn't been on birth control for a few months. But then just decides in the moment, fuck it, let's raw dog it. And if I get the baby I've always wanted, I'll just tell Richard it was his. Um, Which doesn't really feel like Yikes. something you make in a split. Yeah. So then, <sighs> then they fuck. And it is the grossest, <laughs> most juvenile fucking like genital <laughs> descriptions. I'm talking <sighs> genital descriptions include cunt hole. Love rod, hot coos meat, a fuck pole, a long dong toy, a girly love oils, naked boner, <laughs> natural baby bottles to refer to titty. Oh no. Man spunk, and he fills her love tube with his man spunk. <laughs> I was like bleh, bleh, disgusting so they bang it out and then all of a sudden the cops show up she was dead the whole time she was fucking the guy and they were both ghosts <laughs> so the plot twist is some fucking six cents bullshit where she has no idea that she's dead she just thought she had a crash on the side of the road. This hot guy banged her up and then she's going to go back up to his house and they're going to hang out. And meanwhile, while that's happening, the cops show up and they're like, oh, wow, this chick took that turn too fast and she's dead. And then someone's like, yeah, this is like a really weird corner. They say it's haunted. They say old Clive St. James haunts these hills. <laughs> the end. Okay, but what kind of... Okay, no, sorry. You know what? I was going to say what kind of ghost has a business card, but then I re realized I, I'm pretty sure Beetlejuice had a business card. <laughs> he sure did. Beetlejuice wasn't a ghost, though. You know, the poltergeist, but whatever. Um, okay. Oh, are you going to tell us about the second one? No, I'm not even going to tell you because it was, it was so bad. It was like, <laughs> it was even worse, if that's possible. It was like, oh, fuck, I can barely even remember. It was like this woman fucks... Her husband's brother, the name of the story is called Dead and Not Forgotten, and okay. is a woman who's cheating on her husband with his brother. The only problem is that he's dead, and so he comes to her at night, and she fucks him, but thinks it's a dream, and then the husband thinks, like, oh, you're just, like, getting horny in your sleep, but... Instead, she's having a threesome with her husband and her husband's dead brother that she was Ooh. fucking before he died. Lovely. It's bad. It's real bad. So that's why I was <sighs> like, we don't need to go there. Um, it's bad enough that we're talking about Sonic Bingo and Clive St. James. I gotta tell you right now, five out of five on the relief scale that that dog was not involved in the <laughs> oh, 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 I was gonna say, I'm gonna cut right to a spoiler and save. I'm grateful that Sonic Bingo did not get in on the action because I read the whole thing just being like, oh, fuck, thinking the Sixth Sense part was, it was a dog the whole time. No. <laughs> <laughs> she went dead the whole time, and so was Clive St. James. And according to the police, Clive St. James had been dead for 50 years, which oh. is why he looked like um, 
James Dean kind of a thing because that was the look back then. So with his tight white t-shirt and his boots. Um, Yeah, so that was um, a terrible short story that I read (laughs) that I'm going to give zero out of five on the Spice Factor because I was so repulsed, so repulsed by the fucking descriptions in those sex scenes that I (laughs) no part of me. Oh, it was terrible. It was just garbage. And the only thing that was good is that it was short and there was no bestiality. Over to you, Renee. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. I read an actual book, like a physical book, um, that I just want to stress. <laughs> Listeners and friends have been sending me the cover of this book <laughs> since last year. Um, Either saying like, haha, look at this joke cover or like, do you think this book is real or did you know this book is real? Well, it is real and I bought it and I read it and it's called The Haunted Vagina. Oh, (laughs) yep, yep. It's it's a huge meme on the internet um, because nobody thinks it's real, but it is real. In fact, the author Carlton Mellick III is a prolific author. Like he has... Oh my god, he must have like I don't know, like upwards of 50 books. Um Damn. And he is um part of the um Bizarro movement. Okay, um which tell is me like more. Yeah, so Bizarro is a Bizarro fiction is a contemporary literary genre. Um, and according to Wikipedia, it says it uses the elements of of absurdism, satire, and the grotesque, along with pop surrealism and genre fiction staples in order to create subversive, weird, and entertaining works. And um, I mean, you can see that from the the, like the name of this book, but some of his other notable works um, include Zombies and Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we have? The Vegan Revolution, dot, 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 with zombies. <laughs> um, there is Shatner Quake, which is a book about all the different characters that William Shatner has played coming together, converging in one world to kill the real William Shatner. Um, there is Ask Goblins of Auschwitz. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. There's one called Baby Jesus Butt Plug. There is Adolf in Wonderland, um, Shark Hunting in Paradise Garden. It goes on. It goes on and on. And they are bananas. And this book was no exception. Um, Where do I even start? I don't know. Um, Book was not super long. Um, And you physically got the book? I ordered it. Yeah, I ordered wow. this book because I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta have it. Like, oh, I have of to... course. Yeah, it was only 92 pages. Um, and a reminder to our listeners, always follow us on social so you can see the covers of our books. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Um, I mean, or just Google a weird book cover memes and you'll find it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, where do I... Okay. Let's just get into it. Do it. Um, So the author's note, before I start anything, just says, I miss Andre the Giant. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, already I'm invested. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it was, it's something else. Stacy and Steve, boyfriend, girlfriend, they've been living together for a few years now, living in an apartment in L.A., and Stacey's kind of weird. Uh, she went to university for like over 10 years and got multiple degrees that she can really do nothing with. So she works in a store. Um, she has really weird habits. She's kind of like, just weird. And the only way to describe her would be like a manic pixie dream girl. But she's like, she she's not fetishized that way in the story. Right? Um, she's a little bit taller than Steve. And Steve is really into it but he's really a little insecure because he's not really sure why a girl like Stacy would be into him at all um because he's kind of like small and nerdy and just kind of normal and average overall but he never fetishizes her he loves her madly um uh, but he's not as adventurous as Stacy whatsoever um so they haven't had sex in about a month not since Steve started hearing voices in the night 
whispers and, and laughing and howling and crying. And he thought there was like a TV on somewhere or maybe like the way that Stacy was snoring, like something. So one night he's like, I can't sleep. I got to find out where these voices are coming from. So he's up, he's crawling around, trying to listen to the walls, figure out what what's up. And Stacy's like, what are you doing? She's like, he's like, I'm just trying to find the voices. Like, I don't understand. Like he's listening to the wall and she's like, oh, it's not coming from inside the wall. It's coming from inside of me. And he thinks it's a joke, right? Cause like, that's not possible. But then Stacy reveals that her vagina is haunted. In fact, it always has been. Uh, when she was a little girl, she had an imaginary friend that would climb out of her and they'd play and have a good time. And but as she got older, she decided that like this imaginary friend couldn't possibly be real and she banished her. But, you know, of course she hears all the sounds coming from inside of her and she suspects that actually her imaginary friend was the ghost that's living inside of her. So she's a little insecure about her haunted vagina, which is why she never really talked about it earlier. Like it used to be a source of pride and uh, it became like a party trick and made her very popular on campus. But then she became really ostracized about it after a rumor circulated that it was she was faking it by putting like a speaker inside her vagina and playing Halloween sounds through it. <laughs> um, so she understands why Steve is weirded, weirded out by it, but she's like, there's nothing to worry about. This is totally normal. Like it's just the way it's been my whole life. She's adopted. She was adopted by like American, um, American family, but she's from like East Asia, maybe Thailand or, or China. Like we're not sure. I think it's Thailand. Um, and so she's like, this is just normal. It's probably like something, you know, to do with like my culture. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe my mom, my birth mother had it. I don't know. But she's like, look, she's like, now that you know what it is, like, don't be weirded out by it. You know, I, I really want to have sex with you. I miss you. I miss being intimate. Like, let's let's just fool around. And he's like, all right. OK, she's like, don't worry. She's like, maybe you can just like suck on my glowworm a bit, which is what she calls her clitoris. Um, Gross. She's like, yeah. She's like, just look on my glowworm for a little bit. I'll keep my knees shut um, so you won't hear anything. And he's like, all right. Now. They decide they're going to 69. That's how that's the sex act that they have. Um, they're going to 69. But because he's smaller than she is, like, it's kind of difficult. Like, it's, it's not a good angle. Um, and he gets on top of her and she's like trying to like suck on his balls. And then and he's like trying to like get between her legs to lick her clitoris or her glowworm. Um, and as he's kind of going down on her and she's just like going to town on him her stomach starts to bump and move around and he's like, Oh, this is weird. Okay. But he's like, well, you know what? This still feels good. Like maybe we can just like wrap this shit up. Be all right. Um, and so he's, he comes and then as he's coming, her legs burst aside and a skeleton arm shoots out of her. And oh. she, she's like, Oh shit. And he's like, Oh shit. And like, as it's, crawling it's trying to like crawl out of her it's like holding onto her legs and pulling itself out and he's like gah, 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 and starts to like grow like skin and shit and she's like steve do something do something he's like i don't know what to do and so he like gets something and smashes its head like as it's growing skin and shit and its head bursts open and it dies so there's like this half skinned skeleton thing hanging out of her vagina from like the waist down and she's like in like peak trauma moment and is shaking and freaking out. Like, what do I do? So um, Steve has to pull it out. And then after he does, it like kind of turns into like this mush and slush on the ground. Um, and they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here and just go away for a minute. <laughs> so they go to this hotel that's like across the street and they get drunk because like, what else do you do after a skeleton crawls out of you during an intimate moment? Um so they're a little drunk and they're like, we're going to stay at the hotel. And uh, Steve heads out to like, just go get some more beer for their room. And he comes back and Stacy's on the bed with her legs parted and she's holding each like a labia in each hand. And it's stretched out like the fucking mom from Incredibles, like just mm -hmm. super stretched out. And she's like, he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm trying to see inside. I'm trying to see what's going on. And he's like, no, like what? And she's like, yeah, I'm just, it's okay. I'm really stretchy, I guess. Like, I didn't know, but like, that's cool. And so, um, she's like, I, I can't see inside there. I need you to look. And he's like, girl, a skeleton just popped out of you. Like, I don't want to go look. And she's like, well, you have to, cause I can't. And like, Steve just loves her so much. He can't say no to her despite 
everything that's happened so far. So he's like, he goes and he's, he's checking it out. And he's like, oh, I think I see a light. And she's like, well, get closer. And he's like, well, I, I can't. Like, I think there's a light. And she's like, you're going to have to go inside of me. And he's like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm stretchy. I could do it. Like, I, you're going to have to go inside of me. But she doesn't want him to, like, go in fully clothed because, like, that's going to hurt and stuff. So, like, she, he takes off his clothes and they end up shaving his head and then, like, lubing him up so he can get in there pretty easily. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll do this. And then she starts masturbating and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, it's just to, like, grease things up. Like, it's not... This isn't fun for me, Steve. I'm just doing this so you can get through there easier. And he's like, okay. So she's masturbating and he's climbing into her vagina. And um, he can he can feel her like around him, like the muscles are contracting around him and stuff. And it's a tight squeeze. Um, but eventually he gets to the end of her vaginal canal and there's like a little hole there. Um, and he pops his head through the hole. And there's a world there. Like a whole world. And he's he's kind of, it's just his head through this hole, but like it's on the side of a cliff. And he's like, oh, wow, this looks exactly like a regular world, but the colors are kind of different. That's crazy. Um, and so he's just kind of checking it out. And then um, I guess Stacy comes because it like shudders through her and it pushes him through the hole out into this world. So there he is, naked, bald, lubed up in the middle of this dimension that he's never been in. And he's like, fuck, what do I do? And he can't climb. He can't scale the side of the cliff. He's getting hurt and banged up. And he's like, shit, I got to do something. Um, so he decides like, well, I'm going to have to go find like something to climb up to this hole or like, um, you know, a weapon or something. Cause he's worried he's going to run into more skeletons. Right. Um, so he starts walking towards the forest that's there and he walks into the forest and he finds a small cottage. And it doesn't seem like there's anybody in the cottage, but the inside of the cottage seems burnt, but it wasn't, it's not really burnt, but like everything's black and twisted and there's like creepy dolls everywhere. And he's like, oh, that's weird. He goes into the cottage. He finds like some overalls and some muddy boots. He finds an ax and a ladder and he's like, okay, I can do this. So the wooden ladder's kind of all like mushy and crumbling, but he thinks he can get himself up the side of the cliff. So he's about to leave. And then a woman walks by the cottage only she's walking kind of funny and she's naked and all white all over except her arms and like her titties and her tummy are like red. Um, and then it looks like she has like two big bunny ears coming out of her head that are also red. And so she passes and he's like, oh, that's weird. Um, so he books it for the cliff and he's able to make it up the cliff. And he's like, he crawls back out through the, through Stacy's vagina. Um, and they chat about what happened. So later the next day, he hasn't seen Stacy all day. He's like, I don't know what she's up to. She comes home with bags and bags of things. And she's like, okay, I got supplies. And he's like, what do you mean you got supplies? And she's like, she's like, well, you have to go back in. And he's like, I don't, what? No, I went in. Like, I don't want to go in. She's like, you have to map out my womb. Like, obviously, um, there's a world in there. And this is scientifically, you have to go in and you have to map it out. You have to see what else is there. So I brought you supplies. So he has like, proper clothes to go in and a sleeping bag and like a gun in case skeletons show up and like um like anything he has a digital camera and she's like go in there check it out um come back and then we'll send a team in and he's like okay science because he can't say no to her he loves her so much so he's got his walkie talkies he's got his camera he's got all this shit he goes in and he decides he's not gonna go through the woods this time he's gonna kind of walk around the side of the of the womb and um walkie-talkie kind of starts like cutting out because you know i don't know why just the signal's not great inside of her womb um and as he's walking he walks through like this town and the town's all like black and gross and it's like weird but then he hears some crying and he's like oh that i want to go see what that is so he walks into this old mansion that's kind of all like gross and twisted and stuff and he walks upstairs and he sees a girl sitting on the floor crying and it's the same woman that she, he saw the other day only he realizes it's not bunny ears. It's actually horns that are on her head. And she looks like she's made out of latex. Like she's all like squishy and soft. Um, and she has these really, really big eyes and like a teeny tiny little mouth. And she looks like a real life cartoon character. And she says her name is fake. So he knows that she's actually who um, Stacy's imaginary friend was. And so um, 
he talks to her and she's like, are you here to play? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm here to play. And so she's like, okay, cool. We're going to play after dinner. Let's go have some, let's go have some dinner. And he's like, yeah, I could eat. All right. So they go to another mansion that's not all gross. And in it are like other creatures, just like her, only they're like different colors and shapes and they seem to be couples and things like that. Um, but I guess instead of eating dinner, they make crafts. Like that's what eating dinner, like that's what having dinner is for them. It's like making handicrafts. Um, so he's like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I made this little sculpture, so I guess I better go. It's getting late. And then Fig gets really upset. She's like, no, we haven't played yet. And he's like, okay, well, bye. And she's like, no, no, no. And so she chases him and then she summons all the skeletons and she's like, get him. And so all the skeletons come and they get him and then they throw him in a pit. And he's like, oh no, I have to get back. So he's trying to get Stacy on the walkie, but nothing's going through. And he's like, fuck, what do I do? He has, we have no idea how long he's down in this pit for. But he's in there long enough that he starts to change and his body starts to go white and red at the fingers and red on the torso. His hair all grows back. He grows horns. He starts to look exactly like fig. Um, And he's like, oh, I guess I changed now. And then another day he's hanging out and his back splits open and his skeleton crawls out of him. And he's like, oh, shit, I don't have a skeleton anymore, but I'm still standing up. Like, that's really weird. So he's in there long enough that he domesticates his skeleton. Oh. Um, and then one day Fig's like, okay, all right, you're good now. It's time to come out. You look just like me now. Obviously, we're meant to be. And he decides, he's like, I don't fucking care who I hurt. Like, I'm getting out of here. I will kill whoever needs to be killed. I need to get back to Stacy. I love her. Uh, but then there's a rumbling. And he's like, the fuck is that? And she's like, oh, oh, this is it. This is it. It's time. Like, this is it. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so they run back to the mansion and they go up onto the roof of the mansion and the others are there and they're all like, yay, this is it. This is it. Finally. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And suddenly this blast of white liquid blows through the portal opening on the side of the cliff and the sky begins to grow pink. And he's like, what, what the fuck was that? And then he realizes the portal is closed. Well, the portal's closed, Julie, because she fucked someone else and that white stuff was his semen and she's now pregnant. Oh no. And so her womb world is now being passed on to this fetus. It's going to be her daughter's womb world. And he's like defeated at this point. He's like, well, I can't get out at least for a couple decades. Like I, there's nothing I can do. Um, so he's like, I better settle in. So time goes on. He's really sad. He's settling in. He's hanging out with all these people. And then, Fig's like, are we going to play? And he's like, oh, what, what is that even? And she's like, well, let's go play. So play means like fucking. She's like, we're going to fuck. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that with you. And she's like, well, you're mine. You're, you're supposed, this is what we're supposed to do. Blah, blah, blah. So they have sex, but it's like snails because neither of them have bones. Oh uh, but it's also like the best sex he's ever had. And then he realizes, he's like, this is okay. I could, I, uh, I guess I can live like this. And eventually they get married and then he, he actually does fall in love with her and he's very happy and she makes him happy and she gets pregnant and, um, you know, he's happy, like things are okay. But then he gets this idea one day. He's like, I'm going to actually try my walkie talkie up on the roof of the mansion. And sure enough, it goes through and he hears Stacy and she's like, oh my God, it's you. I never gave up hope. I loved you. And he's like, okay, but yeah, you fuck somebody. She's like, well, I was mad at you because all of a sudden the crying stopped and I figured that you were with Fig now because she was no longer lonely and asking me to send her somebody and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, okay. And uh, she's like, well, I want to come in and be with you now that this is being passed on to my kid. I'm going to come in and be with you. And he's like, no, he's like this. I'm happy here. Like, this is great. And she's like, okay. And then they can't talk on the walkie-talkie anymore. That's the end of the story. That's the end? Yep. Damn. Yeah. It wow. ended pretty, yeah. There were a lot more pages at the end, and I was like, what's going on? And it was actually just a list of all his books that he's written. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a whole world inside his woman's cervix. Is this what I'm hearing? Like inside her uterus. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, he like crawls it, through her cervix to be living in her uterus. Yeah. And he gets trapped there and he turns into like one of the little creatures that live there um, and falls in love with the little creature ghost. And she looks like a demon. Um, oh, wow. Based on the way she looks on the cover, she looks like a little demon. Um, 
And um, also his skeleton becomes like his pet. So there's like a scene at the end where he's like stoking a little fire to keep his pregnant <laughs> demon latex wife warm and his skeleton's curled up next to them. And it's like this really nice little scene. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have a stuffing or a fisting fetish, mm-hmm. this book's for you. Okay. Yeah. It, you know what? It It was that was fine. It was all right. It was, it wasn't, um, nothing was non-consensual. Um, I mean, the sex scenes, I guess, were, they were silly. Like the book was silly um, mm-hmm. and not especially sexy, but it was definitely a romance. It was definitely bizarre. Um, and I would say that like the fisting, stuffing stuff, you know what? It was a little spicy. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a four out of five uh, spicy, um, uh, molding clay snakes. <laughs> yeah. What in the fuck are you going to read for us, Renee? Oh, um, so I, I'm not even gonna tell you. I'm just gonna get into it. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm. I'm as ready as I'm ever gonna be. <laughs> also, I don't know if you can hear her anymore, but Zoe is right up against the microphone, sitting pretty. She's very excited to hear. Oh my gosh, I love her so much. I would die for her. Um. <laughs> okay, here we go. Stacy spread her legs a little more. I didn't know if it was on purpose or by accident. I can see the crack of her vagina completely now, staring up at me as I lick. There's a rumbling inside of it, like a mild earthquake in the distance. The lips spread and a voice calls out to me. I lick Stacy as fast as I can, trying to get her to orgasm quickly so I can get away from her vagina. The voice grows louder. I struggle on top of her, but Stacy grips me by the waist so that I can't go anywhere and takes me deeper into her mouth. I close my eyes, forget the sights and sounds, and just concentrate on the feelings. Concentrate on my flesh inside of Stacy's mouth. Concentrate on her flesh inside of my mouth. I'm getting close to orgasm. Stacy is too. I let my worries slide completely as she squeezes her thighs tightly together, preparing to come. Something bumps inside her. Something punches at my chin and knocks the glowworm out of my lips. Pissed off, Stacy slaps the side of my ass as hard as she can. I continue. Her belly pushes against me like there's something moving in her womb. The flesh balloons outward. I try to ignore it. Stacy's doing something perfectly with her mouth. I don't feel her teeth at all and she's able to make, uh, take me all the way down. There's no way I'm going to stop her. Her belly expands, lifting me up several inches. I think Stacy realizes something odd is going on too, but she can't stop either. She feels nine months pregnant now. Her skin stretches to its limit. No, it keeps stretching. She's getting almost twice as pregnant. Stacy orgasms and jerks her head back, cries out against my asshole. Then she puts me back in her mouth and whines as she sucks. Something is moving inside of her. I'm shifted side to side, but I'm so close. So close. I explode into her mouth as a hand explodes out of her vagina. I shriek and jump backwards, landing on top of Stacy's head. My penis shoved completely down her throat, coming inside her. She gags, choking as she shoves me off. I hit the floor. Stacy coughs my cum out of her lungs. I look, up at, I look up at her as she coughs, mouth wide open, unable to say a word. She stands and examines her belly as it shuffles. It moves like it's filled with a million cockroaches, and between her legs, a skeletal hand is reaching out of her. What the fuck finally comes out of me as I crawl away. Stacy just watches her body in amazement as the hand clutches onto her leg and pulls. Another hand emerges and grabs her other thigh, trying to pull itself out of there. Then it dawns on her. Yes, Stacy, is, this is actually happening to you. She looks at me with wide, dilated pupils, frightened of her own vagina. Help, she says, her voice a soft croak. I leap to my feet and grab the skeletal hands away from her thighs. I have no idea what I think I'm doing. I pull on the skeletal arms and a skull pops out at me animated, chattering its teeth. Stacy grabs onto the bed frame and I pull as hard as I can, ripping the skeleton halfway out. It throws me back, thrashes at Stacy and knocks her to the floor. I watch as the skeletal figure, waist deep inside of my girlfriend, claws at the hardwood floor, crawling out from between her legs. Stacy is crying in panic now, her face bright red, her mouth drooling wide open, her eyes so squinty wet that she can't see anything anymore. Do something, she cries, but I don't know what to do. I pick up a turtle-shaped lamp and hit the skeleton with it. The turtle's head pops off. I hit harder, then harder, until I find the right angle to break its skull. I cut my hand on the shattered lamp. Blood spills onto the corpse. It's still moving. 
flesh begins to grow on its bones like moss, lightning fast. The lamp is still in little pieces and my blood is leaking everywhere. Stacy screams in Russian at me, angry profanities that I don't understand. I step away from the corpse, its growing organs. Blood red balls fill its eye sockets of the skull and the skeleton looks up at me. It releases a deep moan. I run to the corner of the room and pick up the nightstand, knocking clocks, glasses, a jar of coins all over the floor. The skull watches me, cries at me, as I lower the nightstand onto its neck, then I drop all of my weight on top of it. A loud crack. It stops moving. It stops moaning. I turn over the nightstand. Its spinal cord has been severed. Its head crushed. Blue ink dribbles out of its mouth. Stacy whines, shrieking at the corpse still halfway inside of her. Her, hand, her hands twitch inches from it, wanting it out of her, but she doesn't want to touch it. I pull on the corpse, but it pulls Stacy with it. She cries. I pull again. It just moves with me. Hold on to the leg of the bed, I say in my calmest possible voice. She's hiccuping now, leaning back to hold on to the bed. She doesn't watch as I pull it out of her. With each tug, she cries out. I cry as well with my sliced open hand rubbing against this thing's rib cage. Once it slips all the way out, she leaps to her feet and runs out of the room. I look down at the body. It seems to be melting. Its flesh turns blue, red, and orange mucus. Its bone melting into egg whites, crumbling into baking soda. I drape a big fluffy blanket over its body and leave the room. And that's the haunted vagina <laughs> by Carlton Malik the Third. Holy shit! Oh God! Well, fuck! Now I feel like I'm gonna change what I was gonna read. I think you gotta read whatever you want to read because we're just, talking about uh, skeletons crawling out of vaginas now. I know we've crossed some sort of threshold. So, okay, I'm gonna read you. What I had originally planned, which was just be to give you a sample of how terrible this book was. So at this point, she is pulled over and he's coming to help her with her flat tire. And um, he is. Yeah. OK, so that's basically what's happening. <clears throat> Clive put the tire into place after rolling the flat one away. Amanda bent over, lifted it vertical, and proceeded to roll it around to her trunk, only to realize her ass almost smacked a Clive in the face. He was close enough to smell the floral sensation perfume dabbed between her legs. As she rolled the spluttering wheel away, he commented, Your boondoggle moves are about to turn me into a burn dog. Amanda had the tire around the back now. What? She smiled, trying to multitask between failing to lift the tire and trying to understand his cryptic language. She opted to do the former. Then suddenly, she realized what he actually meant. He thought she was flirting, tempting him with her sexy scent and shape, tempting him to steal her from her boyfriend or husband. No, she laughed. I certainly didn't mean to boondoggle you into a bird dogger. You just continue being the helping hand you are. All right with me, he said as he yanked the second nut tight. He hopped squatted as he moved into the third bolt and nut. Amanda stood back watching him work. He never sweated, cool and professional like he had indeed done it a thousand times. She wondered what it was like being under him, letting his hard body cover her and tempt her skin senses all up and down her body. I don't know why this detail fucking <laughs> killed me, but... His flat butt probably had a dimple <laughs> in each cheek. That was her trademark. She never chose a man who lacked dimples in his butt cheeks. <laughs> what? what Imagine. Imagine. Imagine being like, he had an ass like a pancake, but with a tiny divot for the butter. Like, it's just such a weird... <laughs> okay, she said silently to herself, I bet you're a darling of a kisser, Clive. A gondola kisser, and bet you'd kiss my hot, heated gondola flesh long and soft, licking and licking. She broke off her thoughts. How can you tell when Sonic Bingo, your Basenji, Bas I just call him Basenji because it sounds like Bazungas, and I don't know what. Basenji? Anyways, your Basenji comes back if he can't bark. Clive tightened the nut and worked on the last pair. His fingers slipped the nut on like it was a ring, and then he proceeded to crank the jack around almost sexual like, screwing and turning and twisting. He stood up and said, I can't. That's why I run out after him. He picked up all the equipment and put it back in Amanda's truck. He lifted up the flat tire and tossed it on top of everything else. I don't know how to repay you, Amanda said, feeling bold. You want to come up for a cup of coffee? He pointed his hitchhiking thumb to his cabin on the hill. Amanda pondered it for a second. She could just say no. Then again, she could say yes. I'll pay you for your trouble. She gave him $75. Clive's eyes opened wide and he took the money. 
He stuffed it in his back jean pocket, his pectoral muscles flexed, and she thought she saw a hard nipple under his pristine white tight tee. His wrists flashed with an in-gold ripple watch band and square watch face. The time read 9.30 p.m. He started to back away. Here's my card if you ever need car repair again. Amanda took the white and black business card. Clive, Spokey St. James, fantastic auto repair, it read. Your car's all ready to go, but remember, the senchies can't bark, so drive carefully. Amanda gave in. She figured why not. He was such a nice guy and cute, and he had small, innocent eyes, high cheekbones, and wavy, dark brown hair. He fit her type. Earthly. Manly. She promised to never do this again. And besides, she and Richard couldn't possibly make it work with him gone so often traveling. Her emotions buzzed, and like a door closing forever, she didn't want to miss this opportunity. She had been feeling distant from Richard anyway after that last almost crazy driver came down the hill. And if Richard hadn't made her pregnant after three months, odds were he couldn't make it pregnant at all. Now this young 30-something Clive St. James made her ovulate simply by being in her presence inside of her aura. She blurted out, I'll take that cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Oh my god, this is, this is All I Want to Do is Make Love to You by heart. It was so fucking bad. I can't even. And like you said at the beginning, like the only saving grace for this book is that there was no bestiality because I just like kept waiting. And especially in the um, epilogue, like the beginning, not even the epilogue, but there's like a note at the beginning that's like with a summary. And then it says like, there's a plot twist. And I'm like, oh, if he was a dog the whole time, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> but no. Okay, but did they fuck in the car or at his in the cabin? Car. In the car. And were they fucking still when the cops showed up? Well, they kind of insinuate that that could have been the case or that they were, like, just lying. Yeah, so they kind of insinuate that, yes, they were fucking and the cops just came and were like, look at these dead people. Or this oh, dead my bitch. God. You know what would have been a good twist, though? What? If they were both dead because the Zodiac got them. <laughs> fucking Gary showed up fucking callback we love to see it renee we love a good callback thanks for that you're so welcome um what are we doing next week because we're carrying on with our october what are we yeah. where are we going we are doing halloween rom-coms and i will come up with a punchier name for next week <laughs> or what that is so next week's yeah next week's books are like the typical chick lit kind of books that you can imagine but halloween themed so i presumably i don't want to you know end up putting my words like foot in my mouth later next week but i'm gonna fucking hope there's no haunted vaginas that there's no they were dead the whole time weird shit but it's gonna be like (sighs) bridget jones dresses up like a playboy bunny to go to a party that she was invited to um but no one else is in costume but then it's it's in a graveyard and everyone's a ghost like that's (laughs) that's what i'm hoping for because i feel scarred from (laughs) this week in particular so stick around for that i mean i'll be real like your october for me is like what is the bottom of the barrel oh yeah i want to read the worst of the worst but the best of the best and so i'm disappointed that i sent you this halloween rom-com book and kept one for myself because then i'm like shit I don't get to read about the Mothman next week. We gotta read about some <laughs> Bridget Jones at the library Ghostbusters. Like, it's over. Well, I mean, you still have another week because there's five weeks in October. And secondly, last year you read fucking Slenderman erotica. So maybe give your brain a break for one week. Julie, it's been some- a year. It's true, but like... I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Um, fine. It's fine. It's- you know what? I bet that we will be pleasant, pleasantly oh. surprised with our stories next week. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, honestly. That's my that's my speed when it comes to Halloween. So, But, folks, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter so you can see the covers of our books. Because mine this week, I'll tell you right now, very underwhelming. But Renee's, whew. Mm-hmm. So put the rumors to rest. This is a real book that Renee bought and has in her hands. It is real. The internet did not make it up. The Haunted Vagina is a real book. Absolutely. And don't forget to go look at our bingo cards. There are three that you can choose from, including a list of what each little image um, means. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the rules are basically you send me 
um, something with a line or four corners or a diagonal, whatever. First three people to submit that um, with two lines this year um, or an X will get a digital gift card to the bookstore of their choice. And I'll also mail you one of our new Ravage Love stickers, which I am not debuting online until November. So you could be one of the first people to receive it. You could. And like, I don't even have one yet. That's how exclusive these things are. So mm-hmm. get on your bingo card, download that baby and fill it out, slide into the old DMs and then join us here next week where we're going to go on a lighthearted romantic journey with the Halloween theme. Oh, but Julie, what? The bingo fun isn't over yet. No. Everybody who submits a full card at the end of Air October will be entered into a draw for a $15 digital gift card um, to the bookstore of their choice. And they'll get a, a sticker mailed to them as well. And you know what? what? If you want, I will throw in my haunted vagina book. Oh my God. How We're does just that up and sound? Raising folks? the stakes with every passing second. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure that you play and get your friends to play because the prizes are real. And I promise I send them out. You might not get them right away because I have ADHD. And um, three children. But you will get them. <laughs> I mean, tomato, tomato. But you will get you will get your prize. Ask anyone. That's, um, that's it. That's it, buddy. Well, we did it. As always, lovely chatting with you. Oh, it's always my pleasure. And I look forward to this every week. So do I. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Born ready. What'd you do? <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.